Hey there, broken salespeople. Welcome to the workshop. My name is Red Staffstrom, and we are here to help you fix your broken sales skills. Doing something a little different today, but it's something I have to do. Today, I'm going to talk about Rule 303, anxiety, coping mechanisms, and Wolf Parkinson White. The reason I'm doing this on this platform is because I have this platform. That's step one. And step two, because it's going to give you guys a level of empathy, which I think every salesperson needs. Everybody needs that empathy. You need to understand where your customers are coming from. You need to give yourself empathy too. That's equally, if not more important. So what is rule 303? If you're a military contractor, you think we're going to get pretty dark pretty quick. And we are, but not as quick as you think. Rule 303 has become popular in military contract circles, but it's kind of escaped a little bit. Um, I've mentioned before, I'm a big fan of a YouTube channel called Bo of the Fifth Column, and he's the one who brought this to light for me. The origin story is really dark. Uh, a military contractor was looking around and saw, and a bunch of his comrades were killed. Later, he found some villagers in the place where he was at. I believe this might have been during Vietnam with their belongings, with the belongings of his dead friends and comrades. He killed them. He, he was brought up on tribunal. And when he was asked, they said, well, by what authority did you kill these people? By what authority? What provision, what guideline did you use? And his response was rule 303. There is no rule 303. 303 was the caliber of his rifle. His philosophy, which I agree with, but not in that instance, his philosophy that's kind of carried on through rule 303 is if you have the means you have the responsibility to act. If you have the means to solve a problem, you have the responsibility to solve it. If you have the means, you have to act. It took me 29 years, 10 months, and one week to learn how my brother ticked. Closest relationship I've ever had in my life. 29 years, 10 months, and one week. Six days later, he's dead. As of this recording, it's been less than 24 hours since I've lost my brother. He had a disease known as Wolf Parkinson White. Now, I'm going to probably oversimplify or mis-explain this a little bit of the way, but the, the gist is there. What Wolf Parkinson White is, is it's an extra electrical impulse in your heart that can be like an extra beat at times. Um, if the normal person's heart pumps all four ventricles, it'd be like a fifth ventricle fires off. What we didn't understand was first that he had this disease. We didn't find that out until a handful of months ago. And B, how it was impacting him. You see, he... 
I always knew he was nervous, but I didn't understand the level of the anxiety he was at until last Monday and a week ago tomorrow. I didn't understand. See, when your body senses something isn't right, it usually lets you know. The problem is with him is something was always wrong. Because of the WPW, his amygdala, his limbic system was always constantly firing off these alarm bells to let people know that something, to let him know that something was wrong, but it never went away. So that was his normal. His normal was an air raid siren in the background for nearly 30 years. He had this air raid siren blasting in his head. Last Monday, I finally, I don't want to say diagnosed it, but I articulated the problem that he was having finally. 29 years, 10 months, one week, too late. You see, if you've ever watched Jaws, you understand that fear. You understand what it's like when that score kicks in, that John Williams score, that done, done. That's what was going on in his head at all times. 100% of the time, he had that Jaws theme, that tension builder in his head. I remember listening to, I believe it was Alfred Hitchcock. And he was talking about tension comes when the audience knows something the actors don't. If you film everybody at a caught like sitting at a table and drinking coffee there's no tension there until the camera pans under the table and you see a bomb the problem he had was he saw the bomb when none of the rest of us did and now that doesn't make the bomb real or not he just saw it everything he did he had this jaws theme he had this ticking bomb in the background that triggered um, an adrenal response in his amygdala, in his limbic system, in his emotional center of the brain, right next to the brainstem, because that's where you want to take action. It was constant adrenaline pumping. Fight, flight, freeze. And I started to see all of that a lot. Fight response. Every so often, I would say something I thought is innocuous, and he would blow up a little bit. He can have a short temper at times. Now, that's because 4% of all adrenal responses turn into a fight response. 96% of the time, he's fine. But those 4% of the time, that adrenal response kicks in and he has to fight back. The more common ones, though, for him was freeze, uh, the flight or freeze. He would avoid the situation entirely. Or he would freeze up and not make a decision. So what do I mean by a flight response? Um, the Irish goodbye, if you've ever heard of that before, the Irish goodbye. That's when you leave a party without telling anybody. He and I both did that a lot. Um, but that was the way he kind of handled things. He would avoid and run from conversations that got to be too difficult. <sighs> He also had a, an amazing sense of humor. He, he was one of the quickest and funniest people I've ever met. 
but that's because he was trying to run from his problems. He was doing that because he was trying to avoid conflict. He, he was trying to run away. He found out that if he alleviated the tension with a joke, the conflict didn't happen. That was his version of retreat. He was also an alcoholic and a heavy smoker. And for a long time, and part of the reason I believe he's dead is because doctors chalked that up to the cause rather than the symptom of the cause. They chalked it up to, okay, he's having these problems because he's a drinker. That's not what it was. When you have that alarm siren going in your head every day, you'll do anything to stuff some cotton in your ears. And that's what alcohol was to him. That's what cigarettes were to him. What about freeze response? He never really applied himself. And it's something I wound up calling him out on is he was so smart and so brilliant, but he was so terrified of something going wrong <laughs> that he didn't go out there. He froze. Um, Job interviews, for instance. We, we got him job interviews with great companies that he would have done amazing at. But he ended up working basically a minimum wage style job at Amazon hucking packages because he was too afraid to put himself out there because he would freeze up and clench up in an interview. An interview is terrifying to all of us. But imagine doing it with a ticking bomb under your seat. Even when I would ask things that I would imagine to be innocuous. Hey, come over, watch a movie. Come over, grab dinner. Let's play a board game. He couldn't do it. He, he, he was frozen. He was frozen. His amygdala was constantly in panic and survival mode. And it took me too long to understand that. Now, if you're in sales, you probably know some level of anxiety. It's the nature of our business. It may not be chronic, but you may know somebody who does have it. Reach out to them. See if they understand the ticking bomb. See if they understand the Jaws music. If they do empathize with them, talk to them. I don't think it would have saved my brother. The only thing that would have saved him in my mind would have been a surgery that he was scheduled for on Thursday. It was five days from a surgery that could have prevented all of this. Five days. I don't think anything I said, anything I did could have brought him back, but I could have had more time with my brother. I, I could have had more time understanding him, seeing things from his perspective. I got five days, five days of real understanding out of nearly 30 years. If you're going through this, if you know somebody is going through this, seek help, whether it's an underlying medical condition or an underlying or just a psychological trauma condition. I don't mean just, I mean, whatever it is, whether it's trauma induced, 
anxiety, whether it's medically induced anxiety, get help, talk to people. I know how terrifying it can be. Because you've tried to convince people the bomb was there before. So have they. You tried. If you have the means, you have the responsibility to act. Rule 303. I've given you the means now. I've given you the tools to communicate about this. Now you have the responsibility to act. Now you need to reach out to people. Talk to them about what they're going through. I'm not telling you it's going to be easy, but it's what you have to do. It is now your responsibility. This is probably the hardest episode I'll ever do. Uh, But it's the most important one I'll ever do, too. I wholeheartedly believe that. If you know somebody with anxiety, share this with them. Let them know they're not alone before their heart goes into overdrive and stops. I know nobody enjoyed this episode, least of all me. I don't expect you to. This is not one for enjoyment. This is one for education and to save lives. This is the means to act and the responsibility to act. I talk a lot about fixing broken salespeople. Now it's your responsibility to go out there and fix some people yourself. Once again, this has been Red Staff from Live in the Workshop. If you'd like to reach out, can it's brokensalespeople.com slash connect, brokensalespeople.com slash connect. Please like, please subscribe. But more than anything else, please, please, please go out there and go fix yourself. <laughs>